really when we tap into our intuition it's all about honoring ourselves and the messages and the signals that we get from our own inner worlds so if we combine that with food and how we eat how we nourish our bodies eating intuitively is essentially eating in a way that honors and satisfies any feelings of hunger fullness satisfaction or enjoyment that you have without the influence of food rules Hello and welcome to a Handpicked Life podcast. This is a life and wellbeing coaching podcast exploring themes that inspire and empower you to get creative with handpicking your life. Join us as we widen our parameters of choice, open up to possibilities and spark our curiosity. Let's dive in and create a happier, healthier world, one person at a time. So happy 2022 and welcome back to the Handpick Live podcast. My name's Hannah, one of your Handpick Live co-creators, and today I'm going to be having a conversation with Abby Doyle, a food body freedom coach. In January, we're in the depths of winter and there's a real collective new beginning where everybody jumps into action, making New Year's resolutions, which a massive 75% of us don't manage to actually keep. If you look at nature at this time, everything is still and inward and nourishing. We are nature and we are a part of that energy. However, at this time of year, we can often push against ourselves and not listen to that call to go inward. This month, we wanted to invite Abby Doyle onto the podcast to talk to us about eating intuitively. Abby is a food body freedom coach who specializes in creating a deep connection with our bodies a topic which layers in so well to the foundation of somatics and creating a dialogue with your body, which is the foundation of everything we do here at Hampit Life. So welcome, Abby, to the Hampit Life podcast. It's good to have you here today. Mm, hello. Thank you so much for having me. This is really fun and exciting. I think that what we both do is really linked and super important work to be getting out there. So yeah, I'm really excited. Me too. I feel like we've been talking about this work for so long and I love how much what we do like gels together so beautifully. So I'm so excited to get into this topic today. Um, so could you give us a little bit of background about what you do and a, bit, bit, a little bit about your story? I'd love to, love to share that with everybody. Yeah. And so I am a food and body freedom coach. And what that means is... I heal and guide women predominantly to heal their relationship to food, to their body image, and just to deeply connect back to themselves. Because when we have been in that space um, of dieting or not even strictly dieting, just being critical of our bodies, um, always viewing ourselves from that external perspective of how others are perceiving us, what does our body look like? When we're living in that rather than in how our body feels, and how we feel in our internal worlds, we often disconnect from the body, which is, I'm sure, something that comes up in your work all the time. But really yes. creating that deep connection uh, is my mission to help women to, to do that. So I came to this work because I was always really enamored by the world of well-being, um, all the different incredible ways that we can heal ourselves, look after ourselves. And I was very much focused on health and that became to an obsessive 
point. Um, And I spent many years with what I now realized was a really unhealthy mindset about how I fueled my body, how I viewed myself um, and the way I showed up in my life because everything revolved around what I was eating, how I was exercising, um, paying attention to all these external rules and so on that we get fed on almost a daily basis without realizing from society, from diet culture. And I trained as a health coach because I'd always been super uh, into, as I say, looking after myself, all of these amazing things that we can do to really look after our well-being. But I started to notice that something just didn't feel quite right. I was learning more about tapping into my own intuition. And I realized how disconnected I was from my body's signals. I realized that there was this really nasty voice inside that was very critical and was taken over um, and always kind of running the show. And I was never really following any of the signals that my body was giving me, even down to the simple signals of hunger. I was ignoring that a lot because I would tell myself certain things. I can't be hungry. I only ate an hour ago or I haven't exercised today. I don't deserve that food. Like all of these little things would come up and I started to realize how that was running the show. And I decided that I needed something to change. It was time to take back my power, heal that relationship. And I kind of went on a deep dive, which is typical of me to to decide, okay, I'm going to go fully into the healing. And I spent a few years just really reprogramming a lot of the things that I had learned Uh, really going back and finding out where all of these beliefs had come from and trying so many different practices tools um, to really take me to a space where the connection to my body was really strong powerful um, and I was just accepting of myself and from that point it felt only right to start guiding other women to do so so taking that training I had as a health coach um, and all of the experience that I had in my own struggles and combining the two to really help other women deepen their connection to their bodies. I love that so much. And that's why I thought you this would be such a really amazing topic to dive into this month, especially in January when there's real that real kind of, I feel like a lot of people jump into after, after indulging over Christmas, a lot of people jump into that kind of right now I'm going to detox, I'm going to diet, I'm going to create, I'm going to create the summer body and whatever. And it's not sustainable. And also what we tend to do is really push against ourselves. Like this is the time of year where the energy's low, everything's going in and inward and nourishing. And when you're kind of restricting and taking stuff away from yourself, like you can't, you're not giving your body what it needs. And I remember learning this a few years ago and what I love about this work is it just makes sense like in winter when you're like you're needing that real deep nourishment like it makes sense to eat warming foods and not be restricting and um so I just think it's such an amazing practice to just check in with your body and let it tell you what it needs because as soon as you do you're like of course that's of course that's what like it just makes sense um but I'd love you to talk a little bit more on eating intuitively and what like what that looks like, how how people can kind of 
work with that practice yeah totally I love everything you've just said there because it really does make so much sense when we check into that and we look at nature um and that reflects to us what we need to be doing with our bodies you know at this time of year if we look at animals they're hibernating they're fueling up they're eating more they're looking after themselves and just going going to nap and rest and um we've been so convinced otherwise so connecting to eating intuitively is a really really powerful practice and so so helpful at this time of year and even before we reach January when we get to Christmas because if we haven't been eating intuitively throughout the year if we have been restricting if we have been maybe holding on to some food rules then the chances are when it gets to Christmas we're probably going to go over the top we're probably going to feel like January's coming I'm going to have to you know no longer eat carbs or um cut this amount of calories down or whatever it is that people decide they want to do it's almost like that last supper mentality then at Christmas time because you know that you're going to be going back to some sort of structure or rules around food and so your body's going to want to overeat you might end up feeling really sluggish as we know a lot of people do and so creating that balance throughout the year will actually result in less overeating less binging mentality when it comes to that time and also makes it much easier than to transition into January without going through the two extremes so to demonstrate what eating intuitively is if we think of it in the sense of really when we tap into our intuition it's all about honoring ourselves and the messages and the signals that we get from our own inner worlds so if we combine that with food and how we eat how we nourish our bodies eating intuitively is essentially eating in a way that honors and satisfies any feelings of hunger fullness satisfaction or enjoyment that you have without the influence of food rules so what I mean by that, just to expand a little bit, is, of course, we all know we have hunger signals, we have fullness signals. That's pretty straightforward and easy to recognise. Hunger is much easier to recognise than fullness, but we can go into that into the, in the workshop in a bit more depth. But when it comes to satisfaction and enjoyment, I think that's something that's quite often left out when we think about food. So um, building meals that are actually going to, see us through for a number of hours rather than leaving us hungry or unsatisfied or having an enjoyment factor where we're not left craving something at the end of a meal or even recognizing that craving isn't necessarily a bad thing and that it's there for you to notice and then to honor it so it's essentially noticing all these little um, nudges we get around food checking in and asking ourselves how can I honor this how can I honor this without bringing in the external rules and beliefs that I've, I've been given? I really love that. And this is something not necessarily related to intuitive eating, but it's just interesting to add. So for me, I, um, I massively experienced like honoring a feeling that I have. So for me, I, I used to be stuck in this real cycle of like, go, 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 burnout, go, 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 burnout. And I remember actually, I was chatting to you not that long ago about, I used to like burn out and get into these phases of like real procrastination where I couldn't physically do anything. And 
I'd used to get so frustrated and I'd get into this like negative toxic self-talk where I'd be like oh my god like worthless you're not doing enough like but I was causing that to happen and what I realized is that was my body's way of when it zapped all my energy that was my body's way of communicating with me hey I need help I'm not getting the support that I need and I remember talking to you this is like such a proud moment for me when I was like one day I woke up and I felt that resistance really strongly because I knew I'd been pushing too much and instead of like getting up and doing all the things on my to-do list I literally just sat there and met that feeling and let it be heard Mm. and then I was like right okay what do you need from me like we have these things to do today but I'm going to do it in a way that, that that feels nourishing and that's calm and that's quiet and that's soothing. I gave myself like, instead of having a cold smoothie in the morning, I gave myself like a really warming, nourishing bowl of porridge. I lit all mm. the candles in my bedroom, put like soft clothes on. And I remember literally feeling that, that noticing that feeling of resistance just melt away. And I was like, oh my God, like I've actually given my body what it needs. And it was such a, a powerful experience. Mm, I just I love like that. it will always stick with me <laughs> I love that it's I think it links really strongly to that feeling of so you know if you have ever been on a diet or if you have ever been a lot of people will kind of go through a food or exercise structure or even just um, with work and productivity where they may not necessarily call it a diet or a routine but there's definite like rules in their mind around what they need to do what they need to achieve and that sense of disappointment or um just being really critical or beating yourself up if you don't hit those things that you told yourself you'll do and I think that is so common in so many of us just because of the way our society is set up but diet culture plays such a strong part in this because it's really convinced us to one look for this external um, structure or way that we are told we should be living our lives and unfortunately it follows a system that doesn't work for all bodies it tends to work for as we know the more masculine um, bodies in the world but it also encourages us not to listen to our intent signals so it erodes that trust we have with our bodies because we're consistently listening to or watching or copying what we see in others what we see in the people who are deemed as successful and worthy and valuable in the world and therefore we're often turning away from what our true nature wants what our bodies really need and as you mentioned in that experience, in that moment, rather than that pushing and pushing and pushing and following what we've always been told, you turned inwards and just really simple, just saying, okay, what do we need today? How can I support you? Or, you know, who can I ask for support with this if it's not something that you're able to do yourself? And I just think that tiny little action, whether it's to do with eating, whether it is around productivity, whether it is getting support with maybe your your child that you're looking after, just that simple action of turning into your body and saying, what do you need? How can I support you? What can we do is just game changing for me and so many other people too. Yeah, definitely. And it really builds that that trust that you have with yourself and I think in turn that slowly slowly builds on your self-esteem as well like they always say like every time you don't show up for yourself even if it's just something small you're knocking a little bit off your self-esteem but actually when you're 
kind of building that trust and you're giving yourself what you need and you're showing up for yourself even if it's just in these tiny little ways of just listening to your body it's so amazing to watch how naturally fueled you are how you actually do generally make healthier choices because it makes you feel good not because you're taking things away which I just think is so important massively so and I think a lot of people when they're first letting go of food rules so even if it, if that's just something like because you know in this world of like wellness and spirituality there's a lot of fear mongering around um eating certain things processed food is really demonized and all these other things that we're told you should eat this you shouldn't eat that and of course you know there are foods that are more nutritious than others and foods that don't hold so much nutrition but they may hold enjoyment it may hold a cultural representation it may hold nostalgic feelings for you so it's not just about always going into what is going to make me healthier what is going to um I do keep me in line with this alkaline diet or this keto diet or whatever it is that protocol that someone's following and I know people do go through these protocols for various healing um methods and if that's what obviously someone wants to do for their own health then your body your choice but I really think that just taking that time to start trusting your own inner decisions so if your inner voice is asking you for a piece of chocolate or that piece of cake looks really good and you know you'd enjoy it trust yourself allow yourself to have what it's asking you for and slow down and really enjoy it and afterwards if you don't feel so great use it as a learning activity rather than beating yourself up for it and telling yourself that it was wrong you're never going to do that again you're making a rule that you're never allowed chocolate because that's creating this dichotomy in your brain where whenever you then choose to do that, which is a very natural human thing to do, we want enjoyment, we want satisfaction, sugar tastes good, like all these other things. You're then creating this thing in your mind where if you do that, you're a bad person, you're wrong, you've done something that you shouldn't have. And therefore it creates this almost um, desire to do it. It's like, that's like a very natural human response as well where... <laughs> if we're told we can't do something or can't have something it's all we tend to think about so just yeah. trusting yourself to really if you do get that feeling like you want a piece of chocolate have it and enjoy it if it doesn't make you feel good notice that and remember that next time you want the chocolate and then you can make that decision of whether it's worth it to you in that moment maybe eat a little bit less maybe you decide to have a piece after a balanced meal instead all of these things are just information gathering exercises to really get to know what works for your body rather than as an opportunity to beat yourself up for it. Yeah, I really love that. And it is that permission slip, isn't it? You know, allowing yourself to have these things, but keep checking in and noticing the difference and like the reason that you're having that craving. Did that make me feel good? Was that, was that a choice that I made because it was right for me at that time? Or was it maybe something that was, you know, just habitual that kind of popped into my mind or whatever? Um, that reminds me of a really lovely story. Actually, there's, there's a, ham, a handpicked life. We work a lot with energy work. And there's a lovely lady called Donna Eden, who is a bit of a pioneer in that field. And she says she can see energy and she understands a lot, like what how the body responds to certain situations. And she said, 
you know, sometimes you will find me at three o'clock in the morning in a 7-Eleven having a hot dog because that's what my body's asking for. And I'm going to give it that at that time. And I think that, you know, there's nothing that's set in stone with this. And, and when you build that trust with yourself, then when you have those cravings, you can know, OK, this is what my body's asking for. There's a reason for it, you know, whether it's enjoyment, maybe it's craving more salt or whatever. And I think that's the power of creating a dialogue with your body, not only with eating, but also with somatic practices, which is a lot of what we do on a hamper life. It's giving yourself the, the self-awareness and the space to check in and notice and then make a choice in the moment that's right for you when you're not on autopilot. Exactly. And the more you've built that trust with yourself, you realize that your internal voice and the trust within that internal voice is growing stronger than the external beliefs that you've taken on. So just that little bit by little bit, every little tiny action that you make just starts adding up. And then you look back to a year ago and go, wow, okay. <laughs> I, I can enjoy that piece of chocolate without feeling like a bad person. It's it's always a journey, but yeah, it's so, so worth going through. I think that's it though, isn't it? It's not about never having a bad, like never having one of those thoughts ever again. It's more about just noticing. I think that's it. It's, it's the awareness around it. Like, and I think that's why a daily mm. practice is just so important to come back to yourself and really build on that, actually noticing things as opposed to, you know, just going by on autopilot and not questioning the thoughts that we have. Mm, I think it's so great. important. Um, so culturally, January is a time where we really encouraged, as we've mentioned before, to jump into action as opposed to really going with nature and going really deep and resting and nourishing. Um, so I just wanted to, we've touched on this a little bit, but I just wanted you to expand a little bit more on why you think that like this from like a diet culture perspective, um, why you think this isn't sustainable? Yeah, definitely. So um, I mean, the whole <laughs> the whole ethos of diet culture isn't sustainable at all however it, it does tend to encourage these um, times where it wants us to one invest money that's what it's all about really is um, there are structures in place that are making a lot of money off our, off our insecurities and so times of the year when they know that people are going to be feeling particularly vulnerable, insecure about themselves. It's often really pushed upon us that it's time to start the diet. It's time to lose the Christmas weight. It's time to cleanse from the alcohol you've had over Christmas, what, whatever format it comes in. And it comes across a lot in wellness culture as well, not just in diet culture. Um, and we can see this reflected again when summer's coming. So when they know that people are going to feel vulnerable because it's going to be time to start wearing less clothing and so on, all similar messages are pushed. So essentially they're, they're taking insecurities or they're taking um, potential feelings that people have. So, you know, that feeling after Christmas, you have maybe eaten more than usual, maybe you haven't done as much exercise as usual, just been more socializing, more um, sitting around, which is all fine, but they take that and turn it into um, something that we need to atone for almost it's as if we've been sinful um and really when we notice that and break it down it's really interesting because number one 
when has eating and enjoying yourself ever been something that is wrong <laughs> it's it's just not so why do we need January to to make up for that to cleanse ourselves to atone for that we don't um and two it's encouraging us as you say at a time when every other instinct we have is to nourish to get cozy like you know Christmas time people love it because it's all about being cozy by the fire enjoying food like cuddling up with family or pets or whatever it is that you're lucky enough to have and then all of a sudden it's like a few days later okay that's over snap out of that it's time now to go 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 pick yourself up chuck out everything that you did last year new year new you and it just doesn't make any sense at all in terms of where we're at in the year, in terms of how our bodies are feeling, in terms of sustainability generally. You know, a diet or a strict plan goes against our biological nature. And as we've just said, all those biological instincts are telling you otherwise. But if you're spending a lot of time not tapping into your inner instincts, your inner signals, then you're probably going to fall into that trap of feeling like you need to follow what everyone else is doing. You need to follow the advertisements, the things that are being said on TV and all those other things. But biologically, we're not designed to restrict. We're not designed to live by set rules. We're designed for variety. We're designed for nourishing ourselves with the seasons that come. We're designed to listen to what our own unique needs are because all of us are so different and diet culture tends to sell us this kind of like one size fits all in different packages so you know as I mentioned before whether that is like plant-based uh, keto whole 30 juice cleanse whatever it is they're all different ways of saying the same thing really but we all have such unique needs that how can anyone else outside of you tell you what is best for your body? So there's just so, so many factors to why it's not sustainable. Um, but I hope those explain that, <laughs> what my view is to some degree. Yes. No, that makes so much sense. And it's so interesting about like what you were saying, that one size fits all, because I really understand that. Like I've met some people that feel incredible on like, you know eating in a certain way and others who feel really sluggish and I think that is that that is the intuitive side mm. of it it's not like following one way it's just noticing because your body is communicating with you all the time and that's what we teach in a handpicked life but more in a somatic way so kind of working with the body through movement and energy practices and that sort mm. of thing and you know for example, if your body's telling you it's stressed, you can, you know, there's, there's practices to soothe that. And it's, it's so similar in this kind of, in this diet way as well, of just noticing when your body is like, hey, hey, I need some help and giving it support that way. It just makes, makes sense. I feel like this is my mantra for this episode. <laughs> um, so at, as a generalization, obviously, so what I found super interesting of you uh, in the spring last year, I did a really cool workshop with a medical herbalist and she spoke about how nature gives us everything we need at certain times of year. So for example, in the spring, you've got lots of nettles and cleavers and things that help you to kind of detox and cleanse because after you've been in that restful, nourishing mm. place, 
you then have stagnant energy that needs to shift and it's so cool to notice that that is actually what nature is giving you at that time so obviously without being too rigid and saying you eat this this and this and this at this time could you speak a little bit about at like a real dark nourishing time of a cycle in winter when the energy is inwards do you could you speak or do you want to speak on like the certain foods that might be more like more helpful to us at this time yeah I think um as as you mentioned nothing is rigid and don't make this a rule that you know you have to include this this and this every single day but the first thing I want to say is tap into what feels good for you because again it's always different for everyone but generally when we're in these dark times like your body tends to ask you for the things that are going to be really good so those lovely like nourishing like root vegetables so you find that when you go into this time what do you want to eat soup <laughs> it's like yeah the classic thing that everyone's you want comforting nourishing meals and generally higher higher in calories so when you're creating a plate or creating a bowl of something that you want to satisfy you you want to enjoy but you also want nourishment from take a look at the vegetables and the plants that are really in season right now choose the ones that look smell taste great to you it doesn't need to be you know the nourish bowl that someone else has put a recipe on for if it's got three vegetables that you don't like choose the ones that feel really good for you the other thing I like to say is to really cook them in a way that suits this time of year so things like roasting stuff is a really lovely way to nourish at this time of year and when you do that you can just chuck in all of the lovely seasonings herbs big bulbs of garlic onions whatever feels really good for you and then just build the bowl out to include something that's going to nourish you so your vegetables protein a source of fat and you've basically got what's going to make you feel really good during winter i like personally to avoid yeah lots of raw food at this time but again it's going to be super unique to the person it totally depends like I know you talk a lot about elements within your membership and we know that people who have a lot of the fire element maybe might not want to eat so much kind of like roasted food garlic chili all that sort of warm and nourishing stuff it's going to be perhaps not as nourishing for them but again it's completely dependent on the person but I think all of that's pretty intuitive in terms of what's going to feel good for you right now absolutely and there's cycles within cycles as well and that's what I love and it's a lot of the work we do on the membership is tapping into the seasons of the year but also you know you've got the cycles of the moon the cycles of the day there's your internal cycle and there's so much you know, you will have a full moon, which is a peak of an energetic cycle cycle in the middle of winter. And it's very different to a full moon that would be a peak of an energetic cycle in the summer. So there's so, and that's just one example, but there's so many different rhythms and energies going around all the time. And depending on your internal like tendencies, depends on how you receive that energy and how Mm. that energy influences you. So again, it just comes back to that, like, okay, this is a generalization. How do I feel about this? Does this feel good? Does this feel expansive? Does this feel like Mm. the right decision? And it's all about kind of creating that dialogue with your body again, because it's your body is telling you it holds so much wisdom. And I just love 
the fact that it actually kind of knows all the answers you don't even need to find out you can just start listening and it will tell you I just think it's such a beautiful practice it really does and just thinking about um cycles we probably knew that knew this was going to come up, up at some point but um for me generally because I very much am anti-diet I believe that you should be able to eat whatever food that you choose to eat although that's my mentality when it comes up to um my bleeds when I'm about to get my period my body very naturally asks me for more nourishing things and to avoid certain things so yeah. I'm not really a big believer in just in the attitude of just flat out avoiding certain foods or um certain drinks because as someone who's come from a disordered eating background that can be quite restrictive and can kind of like spiral some dark thoughts but naturally within that time I will not touch caffeine will not touch alcohol and things like um things that are more processed foods so I mean a lot of people do crave like sweets and chocolate when it comes to that kind of time but I know for me that if I have anything with quite a high amount of sugar in my um cramps are going to be much worse it just my body has a real reaction to that around that time of bleeding so just like little things like that about your own kind of um cycles as a menstruating humans really powerful to look at because again you might be someone who's released food rules or you might have certain things you like to eat most of the time but when it comes to a certain time of the month a certain time of the year or whatever it just doesn't feel right and your body will give you that feedback if you're listening yeah I love that and that you know when you were saying kind of like I, I, w- I won't have this I won't have that like mm-hmm. that still is a dialogue with your body though because mm. it's you know that you know the the end result and how you are going to feel if you do that so it, it's less about restricting and more being like I'm going to give you what you need because I know that's what you need so obviously we've spoken a lot about creating a dialogue with our bodies and our bodies communicate with us all the time um could you talk a little bit about any tips or practices to really tune into a practice of eating intuitively yeah there's quite a few different things that you can do to tap into this that are actually pretty simple um and easy and free everyone can do these these things so number one which I think applies across everything in life but this is like my biggest thing that I tell clients that I did for myself slow down it's just creating a mindfulness practice and when we do the workshop in January we'll go through a mindful eating um practice which is really interesting (laughs) if people haven't done it before then it's an interesting information gathering exercise that people tend to have very mixed feelings about but um just slowing down slowing down and creating some space so I think it's very normal for us to be eating whilst doing something else so whether that is um TV's on there's a podcast in the background or you're standing taking a few bites whilst you're clearing up the dishes like that you've just used um or even just music in the background or chatting away to a partner or um whoever you live with which is all lovely like those things are you know normal (laughs) that's what we do as humans and eating's often a social thing 
or perhaps we feel like we don't have too much time so we'll be multitasking but if you can start to include one two maybe three meals a week or if you're really lucky a meal or a snack each day where there's nothing else all you are doing is eating there's no music in the background there's no phone next to you where you're looking at the messages there's no podcast and if you can you're on your own and you're not speaking to anyone else and this isn't something I'd encourage you to keep keep doing and keep doing it's just to really get you to tap into your body's signals so when you start to do that you really have to notice everything that's going on whilst you're eating because there's nothing else to distract you and I think I, I, I believe for your audience who are probably already quite used to dropping into um more relaxed states or more mindful states hopefully this will be quite an easy um process but just really taking the time to go through all the sensations the same way you would when you do a meditation and you do like a body scan or you tap into your um senses to really notice like the smell of the food the temperature the texture what it tastes like and you'll start to notice that Sometimes you're like, I don't actually really enjoy this as much as I thought I would. Or it might taste really, really good. And you get to the end and you're like, oh, I could totally eat some more of that. So start noticing those little things that come up. As I say, use it as an information gathering thing. So you just observe and what it is that comes up. Try not to hold any judgment around the observation that comes up. It just is. You either like that food or you don't. Or you feel like maybe you could improve it by, I don't know, adding a squeeze of lemon or a bit more salt. And then just honour those things. It's really simple. Slow down, observe, honour what comes up. So that's the, the kind of main big practice that I invite people to do. The second thing that is really powerful for um, body signals and trust is really quieten down the inner critic and this like is really powerful for many things not just with eating but that voice that likes to chatter I like to say notice the voice again it's all about observing but create and creating space but notice the voice give it a name so if you have a little voice like for yourself I know with productivity is, is perhaps like the, the side where you would struggle when that voice comes up that's saying to you you should be doing this why aren't you doing that or you know even that voice that might get a little bit nasty so you're being lazy or you shouldn't be eating that that's going to make you fat like all of these like comments that that little voice we all have one of those little voices whether it's about eating or something else give it a name it doesn't need to be a human <laughs> a human name but it could just be like the goblin that comes up or like the devil on the shoulder or something where, where you can name it so it separates you from that thing rather than you being the voice and the and the thoughts coming and you believe in them or paying attention to them or taking action on what that thought is saying separate it by naming it and then when it comes up just notice that it comes up and acknowledge it so whether so if you've called it the goblin you can say hi goblin thanks for showing up but I'm I'm not available for this right now and it's just basically telling that voice that it's not welcome here. And then slowly reframing what the voice said. So if the voice has come up and told you, Hannah, that you're you're lazy for not getting up and doing, you know, X, Y, and Z on the to-do list today, 
just reframe it to something along the lines of, I actually don't feel like that today. I'm nourishing and honouring my body. But thanks for the input, Goblin. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) And send it on its way. And that practice is like, it sounds quite silly, but it's been really transformational. And I think just the, the more you repeat that, actually the less it starts coming up because that part of your brain that is the goblin or (laughs) whatever the name is you give it starts to learn that it's not welcome it becomes less powerful uh, it holds less effect over you and so those two main things are really really important and once you quiet down that critic your body signals and that natural kind of like intuition those pings that come up are much more easily noticeable because there isn't all that chatter and all that um, negative crap being told to you so you can really notice the things that your body is saying and from there the trust builds so slow down observe and quiet the inner critic or the the main main things that can be done really easily and have massive power um, within intuitive being I really love that and I think it's it's so relevant like we we teach on a handpicked life it's it's all about having a daily practice and it's exactly the same thing it's just like tuning in being aware being present and just simply noticing and that being a practice and what I loved and I think I've said this before but I'm going to say it again I didn't get what a daily practice was like Mm. I didn't get that what you're doing is practicing something until it becomes an automatic habit I don't know why but until someone said that oh you're actually just practicing it and I was like oh okay (laughs) it Mm. makes so much sense to me but I think that it's important to really highlight that because it is a practice and it's something that the more you do it the easier it becomes the more ingrained in you it becomes and then when you have made that a habit a habit is a skill that you can do under pressure And I think that that is just, that is where, so when life gets fast and you go on autopilot, you're still noticing and you're still aware, which is just everything you need. So you are hosting a workshop in our membership this month because we really wanted to kind of dive into this topic a little bit deeper and we're super excited to have you with us. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what we'll be covering and also a little bit of information about your work and where people can find you uh, if they want to? work with you further yes I would love to share so um the workshop that I will be hosting for the membership is going to be all around eating mindfully and intuitively and how you can support your body through the new year and beyond with various um practices so as I mentioned before we'll be going through a mindful eating practice which is kind of like a um a mindful awareness meditation where we'll be focusing on the taste specifically of something that I'm going to ask everyone to bring a little piece of something whether it's a little sweet or a raisin or a little piece of chocolate and we'll go through um, a really really focused practice on that we're going to be doing some journaling to tap into um, people's beliefs feelings thoughts and maybe looping actions or patterns around how they eat uh, how they connect to their bodies and so on just to really bring some awareness to whatever's kind of living in that subconscious um, part that we might not even realize day to day that we um, are thinking about ourselves 
we're going to talk a little bit about yeah how important it is I guess similar to what we spoke about today and nourishing yourself in that time um, and how we can take that through the rest of the year to create a really sustainable and balanced way of eating mindfully and intuitively um, so that's going to be really fun I'm excited for that um, I think it will take everything that we've spoken about today and just really put it into like a tangible practical way of moving forwards with with all the things we've discussed and then in terms of where to find me where to work with me um predominantly I am on Instagram at Abby Coaches and I do do one-to-one -one support sessions for clients um, and I've got some really cool full moon transmission sessions at the moment which so if you're into astrology or spiritual stuff I'm combining that with science back techniques to bring about body image healing and deep connection to self so that's something really fun to come and join um but yeah I think that's pretty much everything yes and you've got one this evening that I'm going to be coming to I'm so excited yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be good it is. Um, so for those of you who are interested in knowing more about the workshop that we have coming up, um, for members, all the information is on the events tab in, on the platform. Um, for people who aren't members but would like to dip into this workshop as a one-off, uh, we do sell individual tickets that are available on our website for £12 each. Uh, the workshop is being hosted on Wednesday the 19th of January at 7.30pm and there will of course be a replay sent out uh, to those of you who have purchased tickets. Thank you so much, Abby, for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us today. It's been a really lovely conversation. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. I really hope that it was valuable and interesting to all your audience. And I love to see them all in the workshop in January.